0: Trust is one of those words that we talk quite a bit about. Um, however, it, it's so critical to what we do in people ops and HR because if our business and our colleagues, our employees don't trust us to do, you know, what we say we're going to do, to do it with excellence, to hold things in confidence when that's required, right? That's how we gain the trust of our employees or our um, C-suite, right? Is making sure that we work with, with the, the uh, ex- work around it, you know, with expectations, you know, our company needs us to do, you know, A, B, and C. We make sure we beat the deadline. We do it with a level of excellence. Maybe that wasn't expected. Um, so, you know, as they often say, right? Um, uh, under promise and over deliver.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Hacking HR podcast. Before the pandemic, there was research showing that HR was still struggling a little bit with reputation. And I want to say a little bit to be, uh, to be soft on, on, the, on the real numbers and the real data behind the, this research, but people were not necessarily inclined to either trust HR or they didn't think necessarily that hr was ever going to be an innovative and agile function capable uh, of responding to the changing circumstances around us and helping their organizations and their people add value and stay relevant and competitive in the marketplace of course i think uh, all i think most of us in hr and across the different functions in organizations we most likely agree on the fact that this Sort of reputation has changed dramatically over the past couple of years because of the pandemic. We were able to become more front and center, uh, of, of front and center importance and relevance in organizations by helping them, helping our leaders, helping everybody to continue operating amid this crazy set of circumstances that we, will, we were dealt with with the pandemic. But we have to continue building this reputation. We have to continue building a function in uh, which people, uh, leaders can trust. And that is precisely the topic of the conversation today, the reputation of HR and how we continue to move the function, this profession forward. And we're going to have this conversation with somebody who has been in the space of HR, leading cultural change, transformations, organizational growth across different sectors in healthcare, management, consulting, and the public sector, and now leading HR as well. So Maggie, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Thank you. I am very well, very well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I, I'm excited about, very very excited about this conversation uh, because with all the things that we're doing with Hacking HR, I didn't start with the pandemic. I started before the pandemic. And in fact, one of the panels, one of the first panels that I ever did, and I think it was probably towards the end of 17 or, or sometime in 2018, was to talk about the reputation of HR and how to build a better reputation for ourselves. And, that panel was, well, you know, two years before the pandemic, but here we are, uh, you know, still trying to move this needle forward. So so let me begin by asking you this. When, when we talk about reputation, what do you think we should do in HR or continue doing or do more of or start doing all together to continue building this reputation of being a function that is truly helping people, leaders, and organizations be competitive in this very difficult and challenging marketplace?
0: Yeah. So two things. Um, One is related to one of the words that you said there in the intro of our topic, which is trust. And the second is um, being a business partner. So let me hit the first one. So trust is one of those words that we talk quite a bit about. Um, However, it's so critical to what we do in people ops and hr because if our business and our colleagues our employees don't trust us to do you know what we say we're going to do to do it with excellence to hold things in confidence when that's required right that's how we gain the trust of our employees or our um, c-suite Right is making sure that we work with with the the uh, ex- work around it. You know, with expectations. You know, our company needs us to do you know A, B, and C. We make sure we beat the deadline. We do it with a level of excellence. Maybe that wasn't expected. Um, so you know, as they often say, right, um, uh, under promise and over deliver, um, and really rise to the and maybe even go beyond what some of us think the expectation is as an HR practitioner practitioner. For many of us that have been in the field for a long time, right, there's very much this sort of old reputation that still lingers. And so um, that's something that I strive for in my roles is to gain trust, uh, garner trust as fast as possible in any role. The second um, item is, and this relates to the second sort of um, comment that you made in the intro, is we have to know our business. <clears throat> and so actually in, in my byline and LinkedIn, right? My, my subtitle is that I'm a business leader and I happen to sit in the HR seat, I,
1: right? I say that all the time, I love it.
0: <laughs> yeah, because truly that's what we are, right? Yes. If, if I don't know my business or you don't know your business, what good am I to my organization, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's not only understanding it, but it's, but it's living the business, right? Whatever it is that you do, it's living that and then thinking about it from the people perspective. What do I need to produce in my seat as a people leader, leader of the people function, right? What do I need to produce? How do I operationalize the the stuff that is typically HR? Yeah.
1: You know, uh, Maggie, I love that. And I promise everybody, we did not rehearse this. <laughs> this is a, you know, a right off the cuff. And I always say, we are business leaders who happen to wear the people or the HR hat. And by embracing that truth, by embracing that empowering truth, I think we see the world so differently. Because then our role is not anymore to be the back office, uh, at you know, operator of a process. It is more of how do I help this business succeed? And to me, that creates a whole new set of uh, uh, possibilities, in, in, at least in my, in my mind, and hopefully in practice as well.
0: Yeah, in fact, I was talking with a friend of mine who is also a COO of a different company. And she said to me, you know, it's really important that um, we're now called chief people officers, right? And, and what does that mean? She said in her mind, that's because in my role and others who sit in a role like mine, we know the pulse of our people. Mm-hmm. And so in order for me to do that effectively, I, have to, I need to know my business. I need to know my people. I need to get out there. And in the pandemic, that's been really hard, yeah. right? Because we're not traveling as much as we were. Um, and so getting out there and really meeting with people. I mean, yeah, we do an engagement survey and that's wonderful. And we, we use the data from that uh, to tell us a lot about what our employees are looking for and asking for. But trying to understand the pulse of our employees is, has been very challenging during the pandemic.
1: Yeah, I, I, I can imagine. Uh, Maggie, let me ask you this. You, you, you before, when you were addressing my first question, you used the word that I, that I absolutely love, which is the word excellence. You know, delivering and building a function that delivers excellence. Uh, how do, wh- what are the components of an excellent HR? And, and, and I ask you this question uh, for, for those who are trying to get there, for those who think that already are there, or, and even for those that are beginning to lead HR. And there are many new HR leaders right now that are trying to build excellence from the, from the onset of their journey. So, what, what does excellence mean in the context of HR?
0: To, to me, it means anticipating what you're being asked to provide information on and try, and really trying to get at, like, what is the underlying care or underlying concern when someone's coming to HR with a request, a project, a question, really thinking about, okay, well, for what reason are they asking that, right? Where is the tension point? And then not just answering the question, but Thinking about what are they really asking me? What's really important to them? And so instead of just giving one answer, often a short, because a lot of times in HR we can answer something very quickly. You know, okay, well the benefit plan document says this, right? But ultimately, what are they getting at? And so my excellence to me means avoiding the back and forth emails. Well, what about this? Well, what about this? Right? Go ahead and lay out. Well, here's what I think you're asking me, and go ahead and go, go above and beyond. Yeah. Right. And I'm the expert in my organization, right? The HR person is the expert or else the, the individual wouldn't be asking them the question. Yeah. So use and, um, and communicate your expertise because the organization is relying on us for that. And I think a lot of times in HR we forget that how much we know, yeah. <laughs> right? We just assume everybody already, know, well, you already know the policy or you already know the benefit plan no, they're coming to us because there's really something there that they need our help with. And back on the, the excellence item related to emails, this is a small thing, but time is a, is a resource. It's a limited resource. And so the more um, proficient I can be in finding that underlying care and concern and solving that, the more time I've saved for you know, a peer, for example, an executive comes to me with an HR question or for an employee in an organization. So to me, excellence is that it's, it's getting to the underlying care, care or concern. And it's using my knowledge to help them solve whatever their tension point is.
1: Absolutely. And all that, all that translates at the end of the day, to creating value for the organization, the people, and you use one very tangible, you know, maybe even mundane, but it's really not example, which is emails back and forth. That is time. Time is money in an organization. If mm-hmm. you just think about how can I make this process better uh, to avoid spending a couple of days just going back and forth via email, then you will have saved the organization who knows how many how many dollars. And that's important. That's value-added to uh, the organization, at least in the language that some business leaders speak, which is the language of, uh, of money. Um, yep. Maggie, let me ask you this. Uh, what, one of the things that I, that I fear a lot is that, because of uh, uh, the lack of discipline to follow through and um, continue moving uh, the profession forward, we may fall back into the ways we were doing things before. And, and, and I say this because we see uh, a lot of organizations trying to apply models that existed before. They call them return to work, which is a, I think is a ridiculous uh, sort of expression because everybody has been working a lot over the past couple of years. But my question to you is this, how can we make sure that all that we've learned over the past couple of years is the foundation, is the springboard for us to continue moving forward instead of relying on, well, you know, what's mo- what's most comfortable or easy is to go back to the way we were doing things before instead of moving the needle forward. And I ask you this question very specifically in the context of our reputation, uh, because if we want to continue building great reputation, forward is the only way. Going back mm-hmm. will, will damage severely what we've done over the past couple of years.
0: Right. Well, especially in light of talent acquisition, if your company is not innovative or innovating, you, we won't find. You know that the the hot talent out there is not going to come to work for your organization. Yeah. And to me, that innovation really gets at the heart of what you're describing, which is, you know, we can't just go back to the way it was, right? We should, we should understand the way it was and look at that as to your point as a springboard. And now how does the world look, right? Yeah. And how does it look for that employee in their community? And with the whatever challenges, right, that they have or ha- identified in the pandemic. And now I think it's so much more about um. I don't like to use the word productivity, but productivity is a reality in businesses that generate revenue. So it, it is that, but there's so much more of back again at that trust, yeah. there's trust in the relationship between the employer and the employee that you know, we, we get each other you know, at some level. And so it makes sense. And honestly, we have to remain innovative when it comes to remote work or some reintroduction to the office if that's what the organization needs. And the HR leader really has an opportunity to help business leaders understand, but also to help the employees understand how do we how do we handle these things collaboratively yeah. and in a connected way.
1: Yeah. And I'm hearing to words that uh, we we may not have Used too much of these words and the, the what the, their actual meaning in the past, but I think now they become so much more important than ever. Uh, innovation and collaboration. These are yeah. things that you know HR was so so uh, in 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 both of them. You know, in innovation and collaboration. But I think the past couple of years have have taught us a lot about not only innovating but about bringing people together to solve very complex challenges, very often affecting our people operations that we don't know how to solve alone from the, uh, from the HR standpoint. Uh, Maggie, we're getting closer to the end of our conversation and I want to ask you one last question. Also in the context of continue building this better uh, renewed reputation for HR, what skills or behaviors or competencies or capabilities do you think we have to embrace in HR to continue building this better reputation, and which ones do you think we have to let go to also continue that, uh, continue building that better reputation?
0: Hmm. Good question. So we need to add um, analytics. Hmm. There has to be an understanding of the data and what our um, HR teams are uh, producing, or um, what, you know what talent acquisition again for that example. You know, how many recs do we have? How many hires are we making every month? You know, what's the time to fill? What's our lag time in getting employees into the field, right, to take care of our customers? So I would say analytics is key. Not that you have to run the data yourselves as an HR practitioner, but you absolutely have to understand what the data means. Yeah. And you have to think about it with your business um, lens on, of, okay, well, what would a business leader want to know about what we're producing over here in HR, yeah. right? Um, and not that we're separate, I don't mean to say that we're, we're aligned and we're partnered, but you know those things often aren't as obvious, right? Yeah. And so it's incumbent on the HR leader to make it obvious um, to yeah. the remainder of the business. In terms of things to let go of, in my opinion, that is to let go of the policing <laughs> mentality, right? And so yes, our policies required in some cases, absolutely, because one of the responsibilities of HR is risk management, right? Yeah. And I don't mean risk in terms of, um, you know, insurance policies and liability policies, although many of us manage those too. What I mean by that is we make sure that we're compliant. You know, HR's role is that we are compliant with policy, procedure, federal, state, local, right? That's the floor. So yes, we have to have those things shored up. And then that's where the innovation can happen, right? Is once we get the house in order, right, then we can really do those innovative and creative Things um, to get our organization in a a place where HR can be seen as that true partner, right? The true developer, the the culture um, leader, the um, the people, the true leader of people, and understanding sort of the heart of the business in terms of that that people perspective.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and that's uh, that's quite a big one to let go because uh, you know if we look at the roots of the uh, of the bad rap that sometimes we had in the past, generally. I think we can trace it back to people thinking that we were just about the policy, we were just about the compliance, and we didn't have much ability to say, well, you know, maybe the policy is this, but we can, you know, work it out in this or that other way. Um, It was very much, you know, a focus on the text and rather than on the human uh, relationship that we were building Mm -hmm. uh, with our employees, so.
0: Yeah, and just one more thought on that. I know yeah. we are getting to the end of the time. Is It's really incumbent on, on us as, as HR and people leaders, people ops leaders, is to really ask why. Yeah. Well, you know, for what reason do we do that? You know, and if mm-hmm. you think about many of the offerings, benefits were, began being offered by employers, you know, back in the 40s and 50s. Yeah. And so that model is very different. Yeah. So how should it look now? You know, yeah. in 2022 and beyond, what should it look like, that employer-employee relationship? And so that's, that's where that creativity and innovation can really come forth from HR practitioners.
1: Absolutely. Well, Maggie, thank you so much for sharing all of these insights with me with the community. Great conversation, and I hope we continue building the best possible reputation for HR going forward. Uh, it's not that we deserve it, it's that we have worked really hard uh, over the past couple of years to, to get to this place where we are today. So, Maggie, thank okay. you so much for being with me today.
0: Thank you so much. Great to talk to you.
1: Likewise. Thank you. and Thank you, everyone. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Hacking HR podcast. I will see you all soon. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.